0: Hey, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 137. Big week this week. A lot's going on in the market. We had a crazy day a couple days ago in the market, as well as some interesting inflation data. So much more on current events, news, updates like we give you guys every single week. So we'll go through all that. And of course, of course, we'll also do question of the week, talk a little bit about margin. Some people may know about it. Some people may not. Um, So we'll talk more about that, and and we'll wrap up the show from there. So before we get into it, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, make sure you five star rate, review, subscribe. There are there is availability to support the podcast as well. In the link, in the bio, there's support the podcast link. Make sure you click that and support the podcast as well. We appreciate you listening. Let's get into the show. All right. So an update on the market and inflation talk we had on Tuesday, I believe, um, kind of a crazier trading day. So we'll back up and show you what happened. So we know that every month we get new data that talks about uh, consumer price index. We've talked about this before, the consumer price index, pretty much giving a sense of how much a basket of goods costs for the consumer, everyday people, you and me, uh, right? And so the month of August numbers came in um, and it was a hot inflationary print again, meaning, um, so just looking at headline inflation, consumer prices for a basket of goods and services was up 8.3% from last year. So What's happening, energy prices are falling. You're seeing that go down with gas and energy and the pump when you get gas for wherever you live, if you have a car or need a car. Um, But food, medical, services, shelter, all those rose, and they offset the decline in energy prices. And so as soon as that happened, the numbers came out, the market kind of turned the other way because they were like, okay, the Fed has to continue to be aggressive and raise rates aggressively to slow down inflation. That of course hurts the valuation of equities, um, and so that's what happened. Everything, you know, kind of turned on Tuesday. Yesterday, uh, there was a little bit of bounce back, um, and today we're about flat to lower. Um, but there was just a re-rating because of what was going on with the new numbers. The numbers are retroactive. The Fed is doing things now, and that those numbers aren't haven't fully trickling through the economy. They will right? If you look out a year from now, the a Fed survey showed that a year from now, people expect 5.7% um, annual, annual year over year increases in inflation. So that's a little bit lower, but it's nowhere near the 2% goal that the Fed has. Um, so that's what happened. And that's what we're seeing in the market. But again, investors are, are especially you know, younger investors, are taking these opportunities to align in devalued Equities that have chances and will rebound, devalued equities because of the current environment that will rebound, Um, and so that's what you're seeing currently in the market. Uh, If we go to current news and more current news updates of the week, I guess businesses are buying back their shares by the billions because a new tax is going to hit buybacks. Yes. So we had Comcast, Johnson Johnson, T-Mobile, Starbucks, they all announced plans to buy back billions worth their shares. Um, and we, as you know, companies regularly buy back their shares to reward investors, boost the stock prices with available cash. It's called share buybacks. They do it plenty of times because president Biden in, in his inflation reduction act, he's going to impose a 1% tax on buybacks from large corporations beginning next year. So it's companies are trying to enact those buybacks. Now, um, and get those done before that 1% tax hits. Man, they really care about 1%. I guess if you're talking about billions, 1% is a lot, right? Um, so that's what's happening. Also, Ethereum, for going back to crypto, we haven't talked about crypto in a while, still believe in the long term for people that are you know still holding. I know everyone that was just in it for the hype has left, and they'll come back after crypto winter. But for people that are still interested, Ethereum has forked. Um, it's very technical speak. But um, Ethereum pretty much did a fork. Um, they did a really complex technical um, technical procedure that um, is too technical to get into. But honestly, it allows it to move from a, a different system, um, and it was a bit. It's a big, big deal. Um, they went. They launched a proof of work system, and, and they're going to fork. Um, they have already forked. Um, so they're moving from proof of work to proof of stake, and you know that's it's a big it's a big deal. They kind of did a, a huge huge transaction, so that's something to watch for. Netflix, for those of you still watching, there's some good shows on there. I had to put some to my watch list. Uh, new Narcos came out. There's this new documentary that we started last night that looks good. But they estimated that an ad supported tier that they're going to launch this year. Have a few months to do it. will reach 40 million viewers by the end of 2023. This is fresh money. Fresh. They're gonna. They're launching their ad-supported tier, and they think it's gonna get to 40 million viewers by 2023. It's a huge number. Huge number of viewers. But they are launching, launching away, launching away for their viewers. Rent the one way. I don't know if anyone have used Rent the One Way. I've never. But I know it's very popular, especially uh, among young women. It's falling out of fashion, apparently. I guess the popularity is kind of fading because they're going to cut a quarter of their staff um, and they think that the seasonal demand has been dashed um, and it's falling out of favor. So they they had a record in revenue of 6, 76 million um, but it, and it shrank its quarterly loss from last year. But that didn't keep the stock. It's down, um, it tanked nearly 40% yesterday. Wow, tanked nearly 40%. Uh, a few days ago, and they're cutting staff, their subscribers have dropped. It's not looking good, it's not looking pretty. And I think a lot of that has to do with the pandemic. If you're renting and sharing, and people don't want to do that anymore. You're sharing clothes with someone else, you don't know what they I don't know how they even do it. Um, it's not looking good. Um, back to Twitter news. We haven't talked about Twitter Elon Musk in a while. It's still going on, the the legal battle is still raging forward. But shareholders had to vote, and they approved Elon Musk's $44 billion acquisition bid. But Elon is still trying to ditch the deal, and Twitter is suing, so there's an October court case coming up next month where we'll find out the fate of Twitter, the fate of Elon Musk's $44 billion, um, of shareholders, of investors. It's going to be a big deal. Um, and there's stuff going on. There's pre-trial stuff going on right now. Um, and, and so that's going to be something to watch. Um, RIP, of course, we, we kind of do our things where we, we give respect to those that have fallen. And again, with all, you know, the queen, Queen Elizabeth II, died. Um, and apparently on Netflix, The Crown has surged nine times since her death. I used to watch The Crown, good show, first couple of seasons. Uh, gave you a little bit of perspective on her life. I don't know how close to reality it is, but a little bit of perspective on her life her her challenges her upbringings um and yeah it was it was a good show so rip so folks goldman's apple card biz has 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 a shockingly high loss rate on credit loans so apple and goldman teamed up to do some you know credit card thing um and uh, over a quarter of goldman's car loans have gone to customers with credit scores under 660 um, AKA fair to poor and Goldman's loss in the credit loans is worsening among is the worst among U S uh, major U S card issuers and well above subprime lenders. But uh, so they're lending to subpar creditors um, uh subpar folks in the credit world. And they're obviously being slashed for it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's a risk to run. And we're going to talk a little bit more credit margin in the, in the round table slash question of the week section. Um, but, but that's interesting to find out. I wonder what they're gonna do. They're gonna have to tighten up those credit credentials and risk factors before lending. Starbucks is launching NFT power to War, leveraging loyal sippers to enter web three. Yeah. I remember the whole rush where everyone's doing something NFT or web three related, some people still hanging on to their projects. Although a lot of people's projects have died, but Starbucks, the biggest, one of the biggest coffee companies in the world, if not the biggest, is going to launch um, a loyalty program powered by non-fungible tokens, AKA NFTs. It's going to be called Starbucks Odyssey. Odyssey will, pow- will be powered by Polygon, which is a proof of stake side chain on Ethereum. Um, and so it's, you know, uh, set to layer two. So Odyssey will extend Star's popular rewards program, enable latte lovers to earn NFTs called Stamps. By completing journeys, man, this is very gamified. I don't have time to play too many games. I just got the NBA 2K23. Love it. It's the best graphics I've seen of a game. I'm not a huge gamer. I'm a, I'm a subpar, you know, casual gamer. Playing the new Madden as well. Really good game. Those two are good games, but I don't know. I don't have time to do all this too many gamified stuff. We got to, I don't know. I don't know. But We got to get back into that weird world a little bit, even though we like the NFTs, but we'll see. I might try it out because I get Starbucks every day. Um, so I have to see what that loyalty program is about. How do we get into it? It says users can redeem stamps for exclusive appearances like virtual espresso and martini and making classes and trips to Costa Rican co- coffee farms. Okay. All right. So, yeah. it's a, and also, you know, of course, sales have slumped for these NFTs and practical applications. But Ticketmaster is using it. eBay is still using it. A lot of people still embracing it even with the slash that tells me that they're committed to their products and they believe in long-term viability. I was listening to the fanatics, um, CEO, Michael Rubin talk about what they're planning to do in the NFT space and digital collectible space as well. So it's not dead just yet. It's not dead just yet. You know who also isn't dead and we do not want her to die. Of course, Kathy Wood, the famed growth investor, maybe infamous nowadays. Um, she said that there's deflation. She's calling for deflation and saying the Fed should stop their aggressive rate hikes and stop destroying the valuations of growth um, equities. And she said, no, we have deflation. Tech, price pressures, we've peaked in inflation. Price pressures are coming going to the downside. She saw also had support in this call from Jeffrey Gundlach, who's the bond king and manages billions, as well as Elon Musk who's the richest man in the world, saying that they are in the camp, that we have a decline in prices, and they're worried that the Federal Reserve might go too far by raising rates too aggressively. And they're urging investors to buy, you know, they're, they're urging investors to buy long-term treasuries and say that the Fed is going too far. You are, there are, inflation peak camp may have something with peak. Yes, we've peaked in the increase, but that doesn't mean we we're st- not at incredibly high levels of, of increase of services. We are. 8.2% year over year is not a good number. It's way too high. We haven't seen this since the 70s. Um, so the Fed is trying to go back historically and look, what happened last time when we had this? What did we do? And last time they learned from history that they, when you let go, when you stop rate increases, when you stop the things too quickly, it could be distra- disastrous as far as inflation goes. So they're being very aggressive here, which I agree with. Grow growth stocks, equities will recover, but you're not going to get a recovery in these increased consumer prices, which is way out of whack, way out of whack. Folks, that's what we have for news today. A lot of news. We'll be going into the questions of the week roundtable section next. Yo, question of the week roundtables, all the above. Um, This week, I wanted to talk a little bit about margin and I'm not sure how many people are familiar with it. It's very um, dangerous, but this this debt and credit in general, um, obviously borrowing money can be good and bad for business owners, consumers, people, just depends on what type of credit, what type of debt you're incurring um, on your books, right? Um, You know, you have student loan, which you believe you can get an ROI, uh, for getting a great job or, or whatever you want to do, you have um, consumer debt, which is more things that you want that's discretionary, but you don't have the capital for it. And then you you hopefully are able to pay it back. It's more a discretionary thing. And then you have business debt. You can borrow a loan because you believe you have a great idea. And it, it, you borrow money can, it can superpower, can juice up the return to the business because you have more capital to exercise your, your play. So there's many different types. Um, not all is good. Not all is bad. People don't fully understand that, but that people also fully understand you're incurring risk in the sense that you have to pay back, right? Um, and so that's something you have to you schedule in when you're incurring these risks. When you're incurring these these creditors. So another one that people don't fully understand or haven't. Some people are using it in a dangerous fashion, um, and some people aren't using it in a dangerous fashion. But margin is borrowing from a broker to buy stocks, financial instruments, or securities, right? So margin occurs when you borrow from a broker, meaning the custodian, the place where your funds are held for our clients, of course, Schwab, and then you borrow that money to buy the security. And when doing so, you owe them obviously interest on the borrowed funds um, and you're holding the security, so you have to pay interest, they usually take it out of the account or or whatnot. so it's interesting tactic. Again, it's borrowed money. It's interesting tactic. Why would you do it? It's when you're trying to juice the returns. If you believe you have a play and you're trying to juice the returns, you just don't have the capital there. What's the downside? Of course, it's a risk. And of course, you're paying interest. You shouldn't be doing it. 99% of people really shouldn't be doing it. It's when you're dealing with lots of lots of capital, a highly researched and understood play that you should. And most people don't have either of those two things. Right? Um... And so, you know, that that buying on margin is is something that, you know, most people shouldn't do. Um, and most people honestly are just okay with the standard standard account. Um, to be honest. Um, let's bring out an example. If you have an initial margin requirement of 60% for your margin account and you want to purchase 10,000 worth of securities, then your margin would be 6,000 and you can borrow the rest from the broker. Um, and Again, you'd have a minimum, if things turn the other way for you in these margin issues, we didn't even talk about the downside risk. If things turn the other way for you, you owe them that money and they'll let, they'll do what's called a margin call and they will sell your security as well as, sell your security, it could be obviously if you owe them. A margin call, you're usually selling your security at a loss, plus you owe them, so they take that, they close your account, they take that, and then you still owe. So it's very, very dangerous play, um, again, for most people. But in general, you know, think of the risks and benefits of business debt and, and capital, and when it's right to use it, when it's not right to use it. A lot of people are just talking about because I was listening to that podcast with um, I, uh, the Pivot Podcast, and Michael Rubin was on it, and just talking about the things he was doing for his business generally, which is a billion-dollar business. Fanatics um, and how he used leverage, capital from others. The best place to go is obviously equity and capital, and give up equity for capital from others in, in my estimation, or in most cases, even though debt is cheaper. Um, but, you know, it's it's definitely a play it by ear type of thing. And one thing he did talk about it in that podcast, which you can tell I'm super motivated by, is just having a, a understanding of what you're trying to do and being relentless in your efforts to reach those goals. That's super important. As we sit here in this roundtable and just talk about that. And think about that, your goals and writing them down. We did an exercise this weekend, writing down more goals for the end of the year, Um, further out goals, and being relentless in your pursuit and doing it the right way is super, super important. So just think about that. Whatever it is, personal um, finance-wise, career-wise, anything that you're working on, being unrelenting in that pursuit is super, super important. In any event, personal news I just watched a lot of sports this past weekend. The Vikings won. I won my fantasy football um, play uh, match, of course. And well, I didn't win my bets, my sports bets. We put in some more. We'll see how they go. This these my money line bets this weekend. But you know, there's some good games. There's a triple G Canelo fight from a boxing fans out there. If you're into boxing, you got college football, NFL, so much going on. So let's keep it up, folks. Let's keep it up, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.